Today we are examining, examining the fact that our lives are in a way like bread. Everywhere you go in the world, there's some version of bread, isn't there? The French, they have their baguettes and croissants. Latin countries have tortillas. Good old America, sliced white bread. <laughs> Around here in the Natty, good German rye. It's a building block of a meal, a staple in every diet. It was this way in the world of the Bible, too. People depended on daily bread, hopefully. Too bad right now I'm on my diet and I can't have bread. And boy, I miss it. I miss it. Bread's probably the common universal food around the world included at meals. It is, a, it is the very commonness of bread that makes it a perfect metaphor for our lives. If we're honest, most of what we do is pretty ordinary. We get up, we have our routines in the morning and in the night. We might shuttle the kids around, mow the lawn, shop for groceries. But for the most part, nothing about our lives really sets us apart from the people around us. It's just life, like bread. It's ordinary, sometimes ho-hum, isn't it? And maybe that's how we experience life, or maybe even that's how you see yourself. Maybe you've settled for a life that may not matter much, or you're living with this unsustainable manic drive of grasping and grabbing for something that always feels out of reach. Or maybe you're wrestling with an unkind voice, one that says you just don't matter, what you do doesn't matter, or you're less than, or never enough. I've got good news for you. There's more to this life than what you see. Throughout Scripture, we discover that nothing is as common as it seems. Not even bread. Bread did some amazing things in the Scriptures. Bread fell from heaven as a sign of God's provision. Bread became a metaphor for the law of the Lord. Jesus fed the multitudes with loaves of bread, and he referred to himself as the bread of life. Then on the night in which he was handed over to suffering and death, Jesus took the bread, he blessed the bread, broke the bread, gave that bread to his disciples as a picture of his body being given for the life of the world. Luke records three stories in the gospel about Jesus taking bread in his hands, blessing it, breaking it, and giving it. I want to look at the first story in the scriptures today. Luke 9, 10 through 12. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him. And they withdrew by themselves to a, a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. 
and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. We observe several things here, folks. First of all, the needs of the people are pretty overwhelming. Secondly, the food resources are in very short supply. The impulse to send the people away is not entirely uncompassionate. It's very practical. They really are concerns, concerned with the crowd's bellies. If we're honest, this is how we feel sometimes when we see the needs of maybe our friends or family or neighbors can feel overwhelming because they're hungry for things you turn on the news and we're bombarded by tragedies and hardships you scroll through uh, social media or on your Facebook page and you see uh, people dealing with difficult doctor's diagnosis or unexpected losses that people you know are who you are dealing with and trying to minister to a simple sad emoji face won't cut it You may reply and you may say you're praying for them, but what can you really do? Sometimes it seems like it's just too much. And on top of that, I know my own personal experience, I got my own stuff that I'm dealing with. And I know a lot of you are dealing with things too. Your own life is no walk in the park. And you might say, send them away, Jesus, please. We want to say that. But you know what? Jesus won't let them. Jesus won't let us. And he won't let us off the hook from taking care of others. Let's look at Luke 9, 13 through 17. Jesus replied, he replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd, about 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of 50 each. The disciples did so. And everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. He broke them. He gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. You see, my friends, Jesus blessed the bread. He broke the bread. And he gave the bread. These three actions changed the whole story. A desolate place became a place of abundance. A desert became a banquet. The story that began with not enough ended with there being more than enough. This is what happens when Jesus takes something that we think is just ordinary, bread, blesses it, breaks it, gives it. I think these three words can change the story for you too and for me. Jesus took bread, blessed it, gave thanks to his Father, broke it and gave it. And see, bread in the hands of Jesus, blessed, broken and given, is for us as well. Your life, as common and as ordinary as bread, in Jesus' hands can can become something more. You see, in the hands of Jesus, your life becomes blessed. 
Now, this blessing is not about accumulating or achieving more. This blessedness is about having your true identity recovered and your true calling revealed. It is to be given a new name. Once you were a sinner, now you're a saint. Once you were far off, now you're brought near and adopted as a cherished family member. Eastern Orthodox theologian Alexander Schumann wrote, God blesses everything he creates. And in biblical language, this means that he makes all creation the sign and the means of his presence and love and wisdom and revelation. You see, in the hands of Jesus, your life becomes broken, but in a new way. There are several different kinds of brokenness. And we'll talk about that really more so in week number three of this series. There's a brokenness that comes from our frailty, our, our finiteness, and our limitations. There's a brokenness that comes from our, our failure, our sin. Also, the pain we experience in this life from the abuses and sins committed against us. And there is the brokenness that is the pain of living in a fallen world, our suffering and pain. But all these kinds of brokenness can be placed in Jesus' hands. And when you place your brokenness, your failure, your frailty, and your suffering in Jesus' hands, you become open to the grace of God healing you. This brokenness is not about wallowing in your sin or fixating on how miserable you are. To be broken is to allow the grace of God to transform your heart. Brokenness becomes openness in the hands of Jesus. After all, bread that is not broken can't be shared, my friends. You see, in the hands of Jesus, your life also becomes given. You realize that you're not here for yourself and that you exist for the benefit of others. Life with Jesus is, is deeply personal, but it's never private. The openness that comes from being broken is meant to lead you outward. There's a hunger in the world. There's a deep groaning, groaning for something more. And people are looking for bread. When your life becomes blessed and broken in Jesus' hands, He gives you out for the life of the world. You become the way others find bread for life. But to be that way, you must first experience the blessing and embrace the brokenness. Only then you can become consecrated to bring change in very powerful ways. I remember when I was serving as a spiritual director on the walk to Emmaus a few years back, I began to share some pretty private, personal stuff that I was afraid to share. I shared about my depression, as at the time I was trying to balance being an Air Force chaplain in the reserves and a senior pastor of a larger church. And I just became overwhelmed, burning the candle at both ends. Like I said, struggling with depression. I found my marriage was falling apart. I found the church was beginning to fall apart, and I found that I was burnt out. And I had to get marriage and, and personal counseling. And I began to open up my life to these men and it was right before a service called Dying Moments. And I did that. 
I remember the guys started opening up their frailties, their brokenness, and showing that to each other. It was powerful what God did. Healing happened. You see, that's how we're given. In Luke 9, 16, we see that Jesus said, taking the, loaves, the, the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. One of the more, most remarkable things about this story is that Jesus gives the bread back to the disciples. If he did the miracle of multiplication, surely he could have did, done a miracle of distribution. Why not fling the bread out supernaturally? Why involve the disciples at all? But that's what God does. God made human beings to reflect his image and to help his rule in the world. From the beginning, God chose to involve humans as his collaborators. And God chooses to involve us as well. Jesus had told the disciples to give the people something to eat. And Jesus, they, are, or they wanted to send the people away, remember? The disciples saw the crowd as a problem. Jesus saw the crowd as the disciples' responsibility. And now, because of Jesus' miraculous blessing, what scarcity now has become abundance through them. More than enough. Bellies full, smiling faces, sashes loosened. Can you imagine how full these people were and how happy they were and the joy that came out of that day? That's what Jesus does. He blesses us. He takes our brokenness and turns it into something that can be good for someone else. Purpose restored for them. The calling is back on track. Which brings me to the next point. Blessedness and brokenness are for the sake of givenness. I know that's a mouthful. Blessedness and brokenness are for the sake of givenness. That's the thing we must not miss in this whole text. The givenness that Jesus shows us. It wasn't the person that gave up their loaves and fishes... However, that was noble of that kid. Nor was it the disciples who learned this valuable lesson. This is all about Jesus, the generous host. And Jesus is the host of this feast. Jesus is the maker and the master of abundance. This text opens by showing us how Jesus responds to the crowd, following him to a remote place. It says when the crowds figured it out, they followed him. They, he welcomed them. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. You see, he welcomed the people, he taught the people, he healed the people, he fed the people. And that's what we do, too. We have to acknowledge that Jesus prepares the feast. Not only is Jesus the one who welcomes the people, feeds them, with Jesus there's always abundance. He said, I have come that you might have abundant life. And there's that word might there. We might have abundant life. And that abundance can be for you and for me to make everyone get their fill. Everyone. That's what happened more and more. There was even leftovers. There was doggy bags everywhere. You see, Jesus turned a desolate place into a place of abundance. And that's what he does. And so the question is, do you see it? Do you see the world as Jesus sees it? You have to wonder if Jesus really saw that location as a remote and deserted place. 
Or did he really know that whatever, where, wherever he went, there was always blessing in the flow of glory of God? Folks, this is all Jesus' work, and it's really good news. You don't have to do epic things with your life, my friends. You don't have to be spectacular. You can be just bread. You can hold a hand, say a prayer, bring a meal, give a hug, offer that common stuff. It can make a supernatural difference. Just as bread is seen as common and ordinary, but is actually crammed with delicious glory so that your life actually becomes miraculous, holy nourishment to others. That's what happens when Jesus takes us into his hands. We need our eyes open to see the work of God, to see God at work. The Hebrew poets and prophets talked about a relationship between God and the world like this. In Psalm 24, 1 through 2, it says, The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Psalm 57, 5, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be all over this earth. And then Isaiah 6, 3, They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And we have to remember that. The whole earth is full of God's glory. And God's glory desires to be revealed through us and in us. His glory is filling not only the heavens, but also earth. And I think you and I are a part of this earth. We are earthlings. Think about that for a minute. God's holiness and glory can fill us. God is not, on, not, not above and beyond his creation. God is somehow within creation and within us. And he's filling the common with his glory and majesty. The earth truly is one of the places where God's glory is revealed. When the prophet Isaiah penned Isaiah 6-3, he saw God seated on the throne. He saw the train of God filling the temple room. And after Isaiah saw the glory of God, he cried out, Woe to me! I am a man ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Right after that, what happened? One of the seraphim flew to Isaiah with a live coal in his hand and had taken the tongs from the altar fire and touched Isaiah's mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. And right after that, Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord asking, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah said, Here I am. Send me. This is a description of the world beginning to awaken to the nearness of God. Folks, we are all like Isaiah. We get it in our minds that we're good for nothing. We get it in our minds that we are unworthy to be a part of God's mission and message. But then we get a glimpse of the glory of God. And God touches us, cleanses our lives, and then asks us to be a part of sharing his glory 
We're workers <laughs> passing out bread and fish. And it may not be like a dynamic vision like Isaiah uh, saw, but it could be just a spark, a surge of joy, or a flash of awe in the ordinary things. You see, we can bump up against the mystery and wonder of it all. And our imaginations can be awakened to these realities, to the glory of God. Do you see yourself that way? Start seeing yourself that way as a, a bearer of the glory of God. Because God's asking, whom shall I send? Who will go for me? We have to raise our hands constantly to the call. You start praying to touch lives, God's going to put people in your path and have you be utilized for his glory. And you're going to find all these gifts from God, ordinary yet extraordinary, earthy but yet filled with glory. Surely the Lord is in this place and the place where we are to go right now. And we have to see our lives that way. It's true. The whole earth is full of his glory, which means his glory can fill you as ordinary bread. So what do we do now? Place your life in Jesus' hands, just like that loaf. And your ordinary can be crammed full of the glory of God. Your not enoughness can become more than enough. Abundance. Your everyday can be full of purpose and glory. And you'll be sent as bread for nourishment for people. Let's pray together. Dear God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill us and that you would show us your glory. God, as we prepare our lives to come to your table this morning, God, open up our lives as vessels of bread to feed this world and be nourishment for this world that is starving. God, as we come to this table, prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls to receive this holy communion where we can catch a vision of your glory and to be bearers of your incredible good news. We thank you and we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.